When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody and welcome to Bigfoot Collectors Club, the show where we talk to amazing guests about their personal paranormal history and share stories of high strangeness. I am your host, Michael McMillan, uh, and filling in for Bryce Johnson is our ultra terrestrial. You know what? Fine, you are our ultra ultra terrestrial producer over here tonight. That's fine. Say hello. Yeah. It's Riley Ray, everyone. Hi. That's right. Hey, Riley. Um, yeah. I don't know where Bryce is. I know he was supposed to do the show tonight, but he's mysteriously absent. Yeah. Last I saw him, he asked me to borrow a uh, a wetsuit and a life what? vest. And some wait of a minute. What? Why didn't you? On your nose. Why didn't you immediately text me about this? I don't know. I guess I just didn't think about the fact that maybe that would be jet ski related. Okay, do you think he's maybe headed back to the jet ski dimension? I mean, now that I think about it, it makes sense. Yeah, you know, it, clearly it's obvious. That's so weird. I love that also he told huh. you, but he, of course, this is just like him. He wouldn't tell me. Yeah, I think he just knew I'd have a wetsuit for him with the, you know, with the, <laughs> legs, cu- with the legs cut off, you know, the shorty short one. Yeah, I guess you are the cooler one of the two of us, so that makes sense. Um, I got a wetsuit, dude. Don't worry about it. Yeah, look, listeners, if you're wondering what the hell we're talking about, it's a long story. We can't get into it right now. We'll we'll figure out what's happening to Bryce, but in the meantime, to bring in some backup as 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 in co-hosting duties, uh, we have an amazing. I mean, he's a guest, but I'm going to go ahead and say he's the third co-host for the night mm-hmm. uh, from Somewhere in the Skies podcast and co-host of Mysteries Decoded on the CW. It's author and ufologist Ryan Sprague. Yeah. Ryan. What's or up, guys? I wasn't sure. <laughs> I wasn't sure if I was. Is. See, I'm already screwing up my understudy role, so I, uh, no, I'm perfect. too polite. Actually- you're actually right, right on for the tone of the yeah, show there. Perfect. You yeah, nailed this it. is perfect. This is nailed perfect. I got, Look. I got abducted. Sorry. That's <laughs> yeah, fine. You know, that's the problem with being a... Now, do you call it... Do you pronounce it ufologist or ufologist? 
You know what's funny? Since like the government is now calling them UAP, um, a lot of us are calling ourselves UAPologists. So, oh boy, yeah, I don't like go, that man. at all. I don't like that because it sounds like you're apologizing <laughs> on an behalf. Apologist, I know, I know. <laughs> yeah. Um, honestly, I don't even use ufologist anymore. Fair I don't enough. have a degree, but um, hey, man, this is this is my life. I live, eat, breathe UFOs. So, um. I would just call me a enthusiast like the rest of us. Great. I love it. And, you know, perfect timing. It's the end of May in Black. We've been talking about the men in black all month long. We wrapped that up. Tonight, we'll be disclosing some listener files, as we always do at the end of the month. But this isn't going to be your typical L-Files episode because... We're going to talk to Ryan about the big news that was coming out of Washington uh, last week, as you're listening to this, this week for us. Um, the big, what what would you call it? I guess it was a congressional hearing between the Pentagon and, and Congress about UAPs, right? Yeah. I mean, and honestly, man, this came out of nowhere. Like, this was not publicized until a couple days beforehand, and it surprised the hell out of a lot of us UFO people, too. Kind of like the New York Times article did back in, mm. what, 2016, 17 now? Um, yeah. They just drop these bombs when it comes to UFOs, and no one sees it coming. So maybe they planned it that way. I can't really tell you, but we had the first public congressional hearings on UFOs in since the last one, which was back in the... The 1960s when yeah, Gerald 50, Ford, yeah, 50 years. Well, I, I'm, yeah. that's crazy. I'm really interested in hearing uh, why you think maybe they dropped it on us so quickly. But before we get into that, before we do all that, let's just have some real quick clubhouse keeping. What do you guys say? Sounds about Sounds right. good. Let's just get this out of the way. And if you at home tend to skip this, you might want to stick around and listen to this one because there's going to be some interesting plot twists in this clubhouse keeping. <laughs> so exciting. Um, starting with this, I wanted to let everybody know that this episode of Bigfoot Collectors Club will be our last episode for a couple weeks, just for a couple uh, weeks. Oh my Psych. god. We're <laughs> I almost hung up. I was like, you can't do this to me. You cannot I need this show every week on my commute, guys. Please. Bryce quit. He's gone. He vanished. We don't know That's what's it. happening, so we're done. We're done. Jet no, uh, horizon. <laughs> we're just gonna take a couple weeks off. We're taking a little time to catch our breath uh after May and Black and set the stage for our annual summer event. And I want everybody to know, if you think you know what this summer's theme is going to be, think again, okay? Mm -hmm. Think again. Do you think that during 2022, the self-proclaimed summer of fulfillment for BCC, that we're just going to do what we've done before? Do you think we're really going to do that? Mm -mm. Think again. Think again. Uh, so after this week's episode, the main show will take a few weeks off. We will return in mid-June, uh, not too long from now. Meanwhile, things will continue as normal over on the other side, our Patreon. And uh, speaking of patrons, let's just talk about how you can support the show. And let's make it snappy because I really want to talk to Ryan about what's happening in the world of VOFOs this week. If you love BCC, there are a few ways you can support the show. Begin with buying some merch 
from our BCC shop, the link to which you can find, as always, in our episode show notes or in our bio over at Instagram at Bigfoot Collectors Club or Twitter at Bigfoot Pod. And guys, honestly, if you're not following at Bigfoot Collectors Club on Instagram, and I know there are a lot of you that aren't, maybe you're not on Instagram, but that's really like the photo hub for the show. There's a lot mm-hmm. of visual references. Yep. I mean, it's like the workbook it, for the class, you know, it's the workbook for the class. That's right. But it's like a fun workbook. Yeah. And we've it's like I a mean, fun one. There's coloring, you know, guys, just this past week alone, I've had so much fun with photoshopping us as men in black in various <laughs> photos that we all took of each other over at the clubhouse. You really, you really nailed that. And also, I look a little bit like Michael Jackson, which I'm kind of <laughs> did you see the one, the, the close up one I put up where you can slightly see your eyes behind the sunglasses and you mm-hmm. definitely look like a weird alien? A hundred percent. I think someone even said that. Yeah. So yes, thank you for making me look like an alien on the internet. That's really all I aspire to. Ryan, <laughs> if you have a black, do you have a black suit and a and a Hamburg hat or a fedora at home? Hell yeah, man! I was so jealous when I saw those. I'm like, I wish, I wish I could look that cool. No, you guys look like <laughs> rock stars. You look like oh. the Blues Brothers, to be honest. <laughs> that's what a lot that's of a good people thing. said. That is a you damn know, good thing. We never brought up the fact that maybe the Blues Brothers are responsible. Maybe they're also a possible explanation for Men in Black. I mean, they do look exactly like them. That's Um, true. Yeah. Well, Ryan, if you have a suit and the hat and some sunglasses and you want to take a selfie or have someone take a photo of you, I will officially transform you uh, into an MIB and put it up on our Instagram for for this episode. Definitely. definitely. I love it. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. So send that over to me by next week. We will make that happen. So people can go there right (laughs) now. Now you have homework. Now you have homework. (laughs) He'll look. We'll have Ryan Sprague, the official MIB version of of Agent Sprague over there. Um, Also, if you are a Patreon uh, member, we will be doing season one of Twin Peaks in June, but we will likely cover the May episodes of Expedition Bigfoot first. Just a heads up. We're going to rearrange a little bit of the schedules there. So if you got excited about our coverage of the Twin Peaks pilot, we're going to we're going to get back into it. I am fully invested again uh again and again it's happening again again um as i told you guys last week i've my girlfriend and i are going through it she is now fully obsessed she's demanding that we watch it all the time i've never been more in love it's great i've (laughs) this might be the happiest i've ever been in my life (laughs) oh that's nice that's nice that was me in x files Um, man i love it i love it that's when you know you found the one Guess what? She says we're doing X Files next, and ah, how the, wow. oh, the she she did say I'm not doing all of it, so I have to kind of curate because there are some X Files episodes that are lesser than others. I feel there like. are some duds. I'd say stop after like season seven. You're you're good after that. I think so too, <laughs> but you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna make us see see us ourselves through to the bitter end. But I think I'll do like the <laughs> essential episodes. There you like go. Your greatest yeah. greatest hits mixtape. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Ex- exactly. Um, so anyway, so join us over there if you want to patreon.com slash Bigfoot Collectors Club. Oh, and if you have recently joined the Patreon within the past six months, uh, we probably owe you a shout out and we're going to do those at the end of the show. So stick around for that. Uh, and uh, if you want 
uh uh what is it? if you if you if you want to be a part of the show if you want to support the show but you can't drop five bucks a month to uh our patreon then drop us a five-star review on apple Podcasts and help get bcc to more listeners like yourself if you do we might read it on the air like this one man underscore delorean <laughs> very good very good now right. should we stop saying underscore because no, man that's part Del- of the humor of the name i know you but man delorean because he's yeah. man delorean get it no i he's- get it yes of course i get it all right but, they <laughs> but the, the, the listeners he, don't know that it's delorean underscore. is spelled like the car yeah yeah i know that's why it's so good it's it's, it's multi-layered man delorean wow so deep good job good job yeah that's anyway great here's pun. a review Better than a red balloon, a very listenable podcast. Five stars, guys. Perfectly acceptable. That's all we need from you. Honestly. Yes, nice. yes, and an excellent callback to a previous conversation. Well done, Mandalorian. Yeah, fantastic, Ryan. What are your angry one star reviews like over on um, somewhere in the skies? Do you get some? Do you get angry <laughs> oh, one star reviews? Man, you do not want to know. I get called out all the time. First of all, like if your listeners can't tell, I don't have deep a deep voice like you two. So a lot of the times, oh god, um, thank you for including reviews, me in that group. Of course, man. What I get mean? like, oh, I can't stand this woman's voice. <laughs> I get that one a lot. I'm not going to lie. But um, hey, I'm excited and passionate about UFOs. And when I get excited, I go up an octave. So um, that's that. really the only one star ones I get um, other than, you know, things being too out there for some folks and not enough mm. for others. You can't please everyone, as I'm sure you guys um experience as well but um oh yeah i've had some i've had some banger one star reviews in the past for sure well i'm gonna say this if you're listening to this and you're already over on your podcast app and you're giving five stars to us throw five stars over to somewhere in the skies you guys should be listening to it anyway help ryan out say say i want you guys to write this review i love the sound of this woman's voice (laughs) <laughs> let's let's reverse the shittiness and the misogyny of those previous comments okay there we let's, go exactly let's do that nice 2022 word. guys come on i'll take it yeah. i'll take whatever i can get <laughs> <laughs> well all right guys clubhouse keeping is done put up the dustpan it's time to talk i guess we're calling them uaps can i still call them first question can i still call them ufos if i want to unofficially Michael, yes, I, I will allow it. But the U.S. government would like you to now call them UAPs. So it it's a matter of who you want to talk to about it. UAP feels to me like more, I, I don't know, it just feels dirtier to me. And maybe that's because of, <laughs> of, of WAP, of the song, you know what I mean? Like maybe that's in my head every time I hear uh, UAP. That's it's fair, like, yeah. Unidentified yeah. ass pussy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what, oh, okay, that's man. what WAP stands for. Sorry, children. We're talking about cats. No, it's fine. Also, <laughs> parents, there are parents who do let their kids listen to the show. And I'm just like, well, you know what you're getting them into. It's I guess it's, it's good fine. Parenting. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just think UFOs is such a spookier, more, I don't know. UFOs, like, you say UFO, it immediately paints a picture in your head. Oh, Riley, yeah. UFO, what, what's, what's, what pops in your head when I say UFO? Classic saucer classic an old cs what's your classic saucer uh image your classic ufo image ryan 
Ooh, I would have to go with probably uh, the famous Billy Meyer saucer. You know, the yes. two plates stuck together. It's on the I... X Files poster. Yes, very yes, yes. as classic yeah. as can be. It's just, and you're right, man. the The baggage, I guess you could call it, uh, behind the UFO terminology, uh, it was coined by the U.S. Air Force. The term UFO, and now. In 2022, you've got the Pentagon coming out with a new term, UAP. So both terms have been coined by the U.S. military in some way, shape, or form, which I find very interesting. Hmm. It's funny. Yeah, that is true. And I guess it is to feel less embarrassed when you report this stuff. And one of the things that happened in this congressional hearing was that we did get an indication that it's more acceptable to... um, report this stuff now there's not as much stigma attached to it is that correct Mm -hmm. yeah i mean the whole i guess premise for this hearing uh was to one one of their goals was to destigmatize the topic of ufos we know for many years pilots and ground crews or soldiers in the military were not reporting these ufos because they're afraid of how it would be perceived and i totally understand that who who can um, but now they've kind of done a turnabout face and they want them to report this because of the potential threat these UFOs could be. These things are being cited over sensitive military airspace, even during training exercises. So, of course, you know, let, let's report it. The, the more we report, the more we can uh, assess the situation and hopefully keep America safe, no matter what these UFOs are or I guess aren't. Right. Okay. So let's let's talk. Let's kind of get. Let's go big picture, and then let's get into it a little bit into the dirty details. What were we hoping for from this congressional hearing? This was the Pentagon testifying to Congress. What were we hoping for? What were what were the rumors that we were going to get? And then what did we end up getting? Right. So, of course, you know, us in the UFO world or community, we wanted this to be the big one. You know, they're going to finally come clean and tell the public what they know and and what's going on. And maybe they'll drag a gray alien into the room and show it off. But, of course, <laughs> you know, living in the real world, that's not exactly what happened. Um, as for kind of what the what we hoped for... Um, I all I wanted from this was to hear pilots testimony or, uh, you know, any sort of military people who have seen these things in that room testifying before Congress about what they saw, what they experienced. Instead, the harsh reality of this is we got uh, Ronald Moultrie, who's the undersecretary of defense intelligence. And we got Scott Bray, the deputy director of naval intelligence, who recently worked for the UAP task force, uh, which was this very temporary task force put together that did that report that came out last year that was like, you know, seven pages long, didn't go into any detail, was very um, deflating for a lot of us in the UFO world, but it was something. Uh, so and we that got was these the, two guys. Was that the follow up to ATIP after ATIP closed down and closed down in 2017? Was that what the UF, UAP task force was? Correct. You know, um, there were several senators who called for something to happen since we learned about ATIP and and what they were looking into when it comes to UFOs, and and we were told that the program was shut down. Now you had 
the Pentagon backed into a corner when this New York Times article came out and the momentum just just got bigger and bigger and they had to do something. They had to answer to the public. So they put together this task force and said, okay, let's give the public something to chew on for a little while here. And that's when the task force was set up. And um, basically all the report said is, uh, we've got 144 cases that we looked at where UFOs were seen over military installations, and we can explain mm. one of them. One. One case. Whoa. So that was very interesting, and it's also very telling that it doesn't really appear that the Pentagon or the the military in general knows what the hell is going on and what these things are. Yeah, and I I think the last time I think it's been about a year, maybe to the week since we had you on. I think we had you on in early June or late May of last year to kind of do we we tend to do like an annual UFO temperature take with you, Ryan. <laughs> and I think the thing the thing that's that's something that Riley Bryce and I have sort of come to agree on going over all this stuff is that you know the big. And I think if you, without getting into the weeds here, I think if you tend to look, I think this tends to line up with other conspiracy theories that the government is maybe more uh, intelligent than it actually is. I don't know. Mm -hmm. But like, I, it really does seem to me that they, even if they had, say, recovered a craft in Roswell, Let's say even the Bob Lazar stuff is true and they have some sort of flying saucer that they're or things that they've been trying to retro engineer. I still don't know or believe necessarily that the government has any clue where or what these things are or where they're from. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, It does seem to me that they, to me, it seems like, there's just as much reason to cover it up or blow it off if they can't explain it because they don't want to look stupid and defenseless. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) A lot of people look at it as, you know, this is a cover up of what they do know. And I am actually on the other side. Like I'm with you, man. I think this is a cover up of what they don't know and what they can't control in our skies, in our, you know, in terms of national security and and whatnot, especially in today's world when we're dealing with what essentially is looking like another Cold War in some ways. Not to get too doom and gloom, but like this yeah, is right. a very yeah. interesting time to be having this conversation of national security and and UFOs because look at the last time this topic exploded. This was during the Cold yeah. War. So these things tend to mirror themselves and and reflect one another. And I find that very fascinating from, I guess, sort of a sociological aspect. Yes, well, that came up in the research with Men in Black, right? Like the the idea of these unidentified government spooks or men in black suits spying on or interrogating civilian UFO enthusiasts about what they've seen. You know, the FBI – records that came out about it was that hoover fbi cia agents didn't know who some of these original mibs were but then would send actual government suits out to interview people because they were trying to figure out who was chasing who and their big concern was 
is there a way that Russia during the Cold War could use the UFO flap that was happening in 1952, especially to their advantage as a distraction to maybe um, invade, you know, or launch some sort of attack? So it seems like everyone was really paranoid. Absolutely. Um, do you do you feel like there's that? level of paranoia now did you get a sense of paranoia from what you read about this or what you watched from this hearing what i'm sort of seeing play out and again this is just my opinion um is an intelligence game uh this Mm. topic has always been used for that and there's a wonderful book i would recommend to your your listeners called uh flying saucers in the kremlin it's uh by nick redfern Oh, great. Uh, yeah. The UFO author writer. of uh, The Real Men in Black, which was a primary yes. source for this month. Yep. So Nick wrote a whole book on how the Russians used uh, the UFO topic as disinformation and even would send spies to UFO conferences in the United States because these were the places that all of these you know, at the time they would call them UFO nuts or tinfoil hat people uh, were convening and talking about these highly advanced aircraft they had witnessed and how they could possibly work. So, of course, they want to send Russian assets there and be like, huh, there might be something to these UFOs, not in terms of them being extraterrestrial, but could it be a highly advanced U.S. technology? And we need to kind of look into that. So I have been under this assumption. And again, just my opinion that right. ever since all of this, obviously everything, yeah. I mean, we're just <laughs> yeah. shooting the shit here. I, I can't pretend to, uh, you know, know what's going on, but I think from the very start of this whole a tip story coming out and, you know, UFOs being a potential threat, blah, blah, blah. Um, it's not Russia. It's not China. We don't know what it is. I, I don't necessarily buy that. That was what the Pentagon said. It's not them. It's not us. We don't know what it is. I think this is a very complex intelligence game being played. Some of it might be ours. Some of it might be China. Some of it might be Russia. Uh, But we're not going to just come out and say that because we don't want to look inferior. Mm -hmm. And I I don't know, man. Um, Again, the fact that this... Congress congressional hearing happened and we're in the throes of a very tumultuous time domestically and internationally. I do wonder why now? And I've been asking myself that for years now, ever since this Pentagon UFO program story came out. Yeah. And speaking of why now, why do you think this week with this stuff, all of a sudden, what any, do you think that links up to maybe what's happening right now with Russia and the news? It's possible. I mean, we're seeing, and a lot of people did think that a lot of these UFO events seen over Navy carriers, you know, these videos that Jeremy Corbell uh, came Mm -hmm. out with. And I I should mention, this is crazy. Within the first five minutes of the congressional hearing, um, it was Representative Andre Carson, the chair of the, uh, the, um, the House Select Committee, used Jeremy Corbell's name. So Corbell is yeah. in the official record of a congressional hearing now. Wow. In so yeah, I saw that. Those Pretty are bragging awesome. rights yeah. right there. Um, Pretty awesome. Yeah. But I, I guess a lot of people believe that some of it was Russian, but we're looking at what's going on now in Ukraine and we are not seeing nope. a highly advanced 
war bearing nation no, over there. No, and, no, right. that's the, Good point. that's yeah. what I was thinking, asking the question. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, what? It's it's we weird. gotta wonder. We have to wonder. So yeah, the there could be a million reasons for these congression for this congressional hearing. To me personally, I think it's because we have a new program, a new department in the Pentagon being formed as we speak called the AOI MSG, the Airborne Object Identification. Oh God, another thing I got to memorize. Dude, these acronyms just get worse and worse. I can't even pronounce it. It's like, um, sig, um, anyways, it's this huge alphabet soup of a new department, but it's going to be done through the Department of Defense. And they're going to, again, look into UFOs like they did with ATIP, but they're dedicating a full, like staff to this this isn't just luis elizondo in a basement by himself mm-hmm. looking at ufo videos they want to go out and actually investigate cases of ufo landings of materials or wreckage being found or you know try to get out to a site where something's being seen uh so we have this new program being formed in the pentagon and this congressional hearing to me sort of sounded like a a pitch of what the program is going to be and what they're doing. And um, yeah, it, it was very interesting. I'm sure we can get into a few more specifics about what was said. But um, yeah, again, I, I can't pretend to know why they decided to do this right now. But I have my yeah, I Yeah, I guess it was just to speculate, you know. It's so funny hearing you talk about what you just described, because to me, that sounds like what Project Blue Book was back in the 50s and 60s. And I can't help but hear the the words of John E.L. Tenney on this very show saying, you know, every 10 to 20 years, this stuff just comes up again and they do the same thing over and over again. And we just go mm. round and around in circles and we never come up with real answers. God bless Tenney. He is the most cynical, but most <laughs> realistic researcher out there. I, I yeah. love him. You know, a lot of people in the UFO field hate this guy because he says it like it is and they don't, want to hear it uh everyone wants this to be grand disclosure they're gonna finally tell us aliens are real they've been visiting us their saucers have crashed all over the place but the stark reality is this is baby steps and Mm -hmm. we just now have the u.s government admitting ufos are real and it took 70 plus years so we'll get there we'll get there but um yeah what this is where do you think so, yeah, so that's kind of where you think we're, we are at with disclosure right now, right? I mean, it's just... Oh, yeah, man. Now- it's like I, I tell people it's like AA. Like, it, the first step is admitting you have a problem. The first step is admitting <laughs> UFOs are real. Not to make light of, you know, an addiction yeah. or anything, but it's true. Right, of course. Like, you go through acceptance, denial, this, that, this, that. We have accepted that this phenomenon is real, and now there's a million questions after that. And I think our government is trying to find those answers and now they're saying and we're now this last year they said okay they're they are real and a year later they're like okay we're gonna look into what they might be (laughs) you know what i mean like and i guess the difference between that and project blue book was project blue book was sort of like we'll see if there's anything to these ufos to begin with they wouldn't even admit that the government thought there was any there was a there there now Mm -hmm. they're admitting there's a there there and it sounds like to me that the way they're 
the 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 way that they're allowed to make this be taken seriously and this definitely came up this week was the idea that they might be a national security threat and that gets people's attention that gets people in congress's attention mm-hmm. right you know and it gets money i mean you put exactly. threat in any proposal and there you go boom you say national security and they will throw millions no not even millions billions of dollars at you so you got to think again we have a new department opening up and um they want as much resources as they can uh whether that's you know altruistic or not in terms of we need this money to properly investigate these phenomena or is it just another way to funnel money around in different ways shapes and forms i can't tell you but i i think it's very interesting that um this new department is going to be headed by an actual scientist not a general of the air force not you know uh, any of these people who are strictly going to look at it as a military or a weaponization of technology we have an actual scientist a gentleman by the name of i don't remember his first name his last name is fitzpatrick and uh, he's a physicist so that gives me some hope that this isn't just going to be strictly military they actually want someone in the department to look at this scientifically I, if um, if we were applying what we know about the spirit realm to this, I would say that. Uh, um, oh gosh, why am I blanking on his name all of a sudden? We the astrophys or the who we uh, Stan Friedman. I feel like Stan oh, yes. Friedman's on the other side, being like, "Let's help everybody out. Let's get a scientist in on this. Come on, <laughs> come on, guys." <laughs> that was a mean? perfect spot on impression, too, man. <laughs> <laughs> it 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 it's cool that's cool that's exciting and that that does get me you know now we're getting into like reed richards and fantastic four territory you know what i mean now right. now we're cooking with some gas riley <laughs> what do you what do you think about all this stuff i i think uh based on the conversation about budgets that we should if there's anyone from the government listening bigfoot collectors club is a matter of national security <laughs> and, um, <laughs> Wait, wait a really minute. Some funding. I think that's I don't think they give funding to the threat. No, 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 no. The, the, the continued existence thereof, you know. You, you'd we be need, surprised. Anything well, to keep true. Um, that is actually true. I take that back. Going, right? just, just plenty of safe. plenty of historical uh facts of our country giving Have you money heard of a little to... thing called the CIA? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I take it all back, guys. BCC's a, BCC is a national security threat. Um, <laughs> no, not a threat. Not an asset. Not a threat. Cannot reiterate more. Not a threat. I thought that's what you said. No, no. You were saying that once you, you know, that's how you get the funding. I'm just. I'm I, think say, I think you I think you say sweet, that. Sweet uh, I think we. I think you say Bigfoot's a national security threat. There we and go. Then, and we, and, and then we'll, uh, we get money yeah. to research Bigfoot. And we're looking that's, for him. Yes. And making <laughs> jokes about him yes. or her. I love that we've just all been flagged. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, oops, sorry. My bad, guys. My bad. Um, (laughs) Did we get any new videos out of this? Did they they show any new cool footage like the Tic Tac UFO footage? Mm -hmm. Great question. So um, I'll I'll talk about two videos very briefly for you guys. Um, One that was shown was one that Jeremy Corbell released that was given to him, leaked to him by... (laughs) 
members of the U.S. military of yeah. a flying pyramid. I, I know that, a lot of your listeners have probably seen it. Yeah, we talked about that on the show, okay. actually. So that, that's the one so, that's sort of in night vision. Yep. That pyramid-shaped thing kind of looks like a plane in some of the shots, but it definitely yeah. looks like a flying triangle. So this one was used as, as an example at the hearing of what they were able to explain which I found okay. interesting. Now they <gasps> oh, believe that it was a, um, a, a light refraction bouncing off of an unmanned drone of some sort, giving it the shape of a triangle. And so this okay. wasn't necessarily a flying triangle as uh, was told to Jeremy. Um, again, like I, I don't want to speak for Jeremy. I don't know his thoughts on what it is or what it is. And he hasn't really remarked on it yet um mm -hmm. but that was one they were able to explain and they showed one other video actually which was taken from the cell phone of a navy pilot top gun pilot in his cockpit of some sort of metallic object that was in front of him within a second and then whizzed right past his plane within a fraction of a second yeah this i saw was the captured on from that one very interesting this was one that the the uh the individuals who were you know being questioned at this thing uh could not explain office of naval wow. intelligence so we did get some new footage which i thought was really the the funny thing michael i don't know if you guys saw it but it took them like five minutes to actually get the video to play you've got this <laughs> like oh, so good awesome. these That's old true. dudes who don't know how oh the hell God. to play a video over a projector oh. it was the most cringe part of the entire day <laughs> Um, which was a little embarrassing, but I mean, hey, if that's the worst that's going to happen at a UFO hearing, like I'm okay with that. Just like that's you're very peak, awkward. That's peak C-SPAN is what that is. That's like exactly. as good as it gets. Exactly. That's just just like your elementary school teachers and the TV VCR combo that they would <laughs> wheel in yeah. to show you a little mermaid on a slow day of <laughs> It's they cool. would have been better with that, man, uh, than what they were doing. It did not cast them in a good light. I can t Actually, <laughs> I want to remark on that quickly, if you don't mind. Yeah, the please. way that, um, that Moultrie, the Undersecretary of Defense, and Scott Bray, Naval Intelligence, the way they came off in this entire hearing, and I, I should mention, I have the entire hearing on my YouTube channel if anyone's interested and watching it it's like send an hour and that, a half long send us that link we will put it up in the show notes so if people okay, want to sit cool. down and watch it i do love i also love that the juxtaposition between the people who are watching this this past week and the people who are watching the amber heard johnny johnny depp trial. I know. <laughs> you know what I mean? there's something for everybody in a yep. courtroom or in a <laughs> this week. i don't know which one was more cringe yet but yeah yeah well, well <laughs> that's yet to be decided but um yeah these two guys it was astounding how much they didn't know which was mm -hmm. concerning now I, I one of the congress members was a guy named mike gallagher from wisconsin this dude was the highlight of the whole thing i've never heard of him before he's a republican out of wisconsin but he grilled these guys you know he asked them straight up like uh pre between project blue book and a tip were there any other ufo programs and they were like not to our knowledge he's like Here's three of them that we know of. Wow. He also asked about um, UFOs and nukes. You know, the famous Maelstrom Air Force Base incident of 1967 where a UFO right. shut down our ICBM missiles. He asked them, D were you aware of this? And they said, no. And he was like, uh, well, 
this is public record. You should know about this if you're heading a UFO program. And also over our nuclear installations. Are you kidding me? How did you not know about this? So this guy was, I, I guess, sort of grandstanding, but at the same time, really showing that these guys have absolutely no idea what's going on. Guys, start, Robert, uh, Ronald Moultrie and Scott Bray, start listening to BCC. You're going to learn a thing exactly. or two. Like, that's the thing. That's is like they, they need to get some like real UFO nerds in there to help them <laughs> learn learn the history a little bit. But see, that's I say that's a byproduct of of the past 50 years of brushing this stuff under the carpet and calling mm-hmm. it stupid and calling people crazy who see UFOs. Now, when there's actually time to research this stuff and learn about it, of course they of course they don't know it's not their fault because they've told that this stuff is bullshit right i'm That's assuming a good point. yeah i, you know I try I mean? not to fault them too much i don't expect them to be like a, a ufo researcher they're not going to know the 70 plus right. years of history of the topic as we know it um and they're working from like what's going on now so i right. understand it to an extent it was surprising that they either didn't know about these things or they didn't comment. I should mention too, this was the public hearing an hour and a half. There was like a two hour um, closed door hearing directly after this. And Mm. um, it was really interesting in telling that some of these Congress members asked very pointed questions and these two dudes shut them down. They said, we will discuss that at the closed hearing. Um, Mm. So that was interesting. They brought up, one of them said, like, what's up with UFOs in the water? <laughs> and they immediately shut that down. They were like, nope, we'll talk about that at the close hearing. Wow. Um, so what does Whoa. that mean? I can't tell you. Uh, it could have to do with sources and methods of what they tracked, what they discovered. They don't want other countries to know where we are, where we're seeing these, um, and why they're near the water. But I found that very interesting. And I hope and pray one of these damn Congress members leaks some of this stuff. And it will happen. I guarantee you. The non-disclosure of things is what caused these military people to leak videos to Jeremy Corbell or photos to us over at the debrief. They were frustrated and angry that this wasn't being taken seriously and that the public was not being made aware of these things. And... um, that will have a strong reaction and that's what causes leaks. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's true. Yeah, absolutely true. Yeah. It did seem out of this from what I saw and I was traveling a lot while this was happening. So I wasn't able to like sit and watch the whole thing, but um, it did seem that the thing that trickled out felt like there was at least an essence of transparency transparency that they want to start and want to continue. I mean, obviously there's going to be things that if they are a national security threat, they can't share, but it does seem to be that maybe the hope here is that there will be a little bit more transparency when it comes to this topic. I hope so, man. And Andre Carson actually said it best. The the chair of this thing, he did an incredible job, by the way. Um, He has made this, this topic and issue very, at the front forefront of his endeavors. And uh, I thought he did a wonderful job with the limited time he was given to put this together, but his quote to them, um, I'll just read it directly quick, if you don't mind, because I think it's a very hopeful way to, to end this. Uh, you need to show Congress and the American public 
whose imagination you have captured, you are willing to follow the facts where they lead. I fear sometimes that the DOD is focused more on emphasizing what it can explain, not investigating what it can't. So I Mm. love that. I love that he's saying we need to admit when we don't know what this is because that will lead to discovery and hopefully some answers instead of just once again sweeping it under the rug and not being transparent. Love it. I love that. Yeah, what were really you Yeah, point. what were you on a personal note um before we go to break what were you most excited about that came out of this? For me, honestly, I was very impressed with the homework that the Congress members did. Again, like this is their opportunity to get answers for the public they serve from a very non-transparent intelligence apparatus that has lied or deceived the public for so long, especially on this topic. Um, Mm -hmm. So what I really took away from this whole thing, whether we really got any good stuff or not, is that People like this Mike Gallagher guy, again, someone I'd never heard of, or uh, Tim Burchett, a representative in Tennessee, was there too. And he was pissed after this thing. He's like, I was shown videos and photos and heard from pilots about what they saw. I want to see them here. So I think it's going to be – it's telling, and I think this is going to lead to more congressional hearings. Well, and you've spoken with some of those – You've spoken with some of those pilots, have you not? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I've interviewed many of them on the record. Uh, I have written about the radar operator during yeah. the Tic Tac UFO event in my book. These people have been dramatically affected by these events. And what happened? They were basically thrown out the door by the the military branches they served and told, you're crazy or you you saw something, you misidentified it. Clearly, that's not the case. We went and from we- 100 and I'm sorry, Mike. No, no, no. I'm sorry. I'm interrupting you. Please. Oh, no. I was just going to add this database right now that this new department has put together. They've already collected over 400 new UFO reports from military witnesses. That's up from the 143 we saw in the UAP task force report last year. So it is more than doubled in terms of reports coming in, which is exciting. You know, what will we get out of that? I don't know. But it's better than just saying these things did not happen. They clearly happened. We need to get those eyewitnesses in front of Congress, in front of people, because that's where the most compelling testimony really is, obviously. And as we know, Riley, from doing the show, you you look into the eyes of someone who has seen something that they cannot explain and it's really hard not to believe them. <laughs> you totally. know what I mean? Yep. Yeah. Right. Yes, exactly. It's difficult. All right. Well, Ryan, that was such an amazing recap. I feel like if people hadn't watched that stuff, they got a really good sense of, of what went down. So thank you so much for that. And let's definitely throw that link up there and we'll uh, we'll let our, our listeners check it out and watch the whole thing if they want to. I need to sit down and at least put it on while I'm, I'm folding my laundry. You know I mean? <laughs> that is thing. what uh, C-SPAN, like you said, is for, man. So, yeah, <laughs> you could check it out there or I've got it up, like I said, on my YouTube. But, oh, yeah, perfect. It, it, it's yeah, going to lead to more congressional hearings. And that's what I'm most excited about. Great. Great. Love it. Um, all right. Well, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to dive into some L-Files to wrap up May in Black. 
Before we dive into these L files, I was thinking during the break about how when we were talking at the top of the show about um, what you picture when you picture a UFO, I didn't I, I didn't even think about it until until now. But my image is actually of a alleged UFO photo that was in the Kansas City Star when I was a kid. And Ryan, mm-hmm. I, I'm interested to hear this. This is a story that stuck with me, obviously, as a core memory. Um, I wonder if you have ever heard of anything about uh, or like this, but allegedly this had to be oof, 86, probably around there. There mm-hmm. was an egg shaped UFO glowing egg shaped oval that flew over Kansas city. And what I remember from the story, the photo showed it like over, I want to say like a boat, but that's weird because Kansas isn't really known for its water. So <laughs> now I'm questioning this image, but um, I remember my mom telling me about it at the breakfast table and looking at it and being spooked out and reading it. And one of the things that the eyewitnesses reported was that then when they looked at it, their speech became impaired. Whoa. Like they would wow. start garbling when they were trying to talk and explain what they were seeing to the person next to them. So they'd be like, look at that. And when they tried to talk, it'd be like, Ugh. you know, they could, they had a, a hard time talking. Huh? Crazy. I, I, I just got shivers when you said that. I mean, I've, um, you know, I've interviewed hundreds and hundreds of witnesses and yeah, there's always like, oh, I was frozen in, in place or, you know. Uh, my hearing was impaired or even heightened and stuff like that. But I've never heard of anything like that where their speech was dramatically affected in the moment. That's very, very interesting. I've never heard yeah. of a case like that. It was weird. I'll see if I can go by. I'm sure it's got to be somewhere in the archives. And, um, you know, we do have some powerful librarians out there listening. If you want to microfiche this thing, it was only like a couple paragraphs. So there wasn't a lot of detail there, but a, I'll tell you what, I spent some sleepless nights that week. <laughs> I was afraid <laughs> that that egg was going to hover over my house and I wouldn't be able to talk. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Creepy. Wow. Yeah, that's super weird. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get into uh, this batch of L files. Um, and I went into the, 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 the file cabinet and I found some that tied in with the theme i think of man black now there's no mib stories in here but we have some dark demonic entities we have some ufos so i think it's a nice little cherry on that um shadow sunday that we've uh, been all all enjoying uh this past month so here we go let's start to disclose this month's batch of l files and i want to remind you guys if you have a story a personal paranormal history um or strange encounter that you can't explain please write into us at bigfoot collectors club at gmail.com all right here we go here's our first story of the night hello guys and potential guest that would be ryan I have sent this story before a month or so ago, but like my last story you all read, I thought it was a little too wordy and and long, so I edited it. Plus, I renamed the email L-Files since apparently Michael changed the rules on us on how we should send our stories in. Smiley face. Rules are important. 
<laughs> rules are important. Also, I just I, all I said was one episode. Label it L files. That's just to make it easier for me to find. Yeah. If you guys <laughs> have more creative... best, best pra- practices than a rule. Yeah, there's no rule. Yeah. There's no hard and fast rules here. Send in the stories. That's the rule. All right. They write, many episodes ago, you all read a story about a small house or cabin that I lived in for a while where I was attacked by an evil presence. Yes, this was from listener Will, who, Riley, do you remember this? There was like Mm -hmm. some intense, it was one of our most intense stories. There was some like evil dead stuff happening in this house. I I can't point to to the exact episode it was, so I'm sorry to my our listeners. But if you go back, I think it was probably in October of last year, you'll find it. Seems like a good Halloween story. Well, they write, here is the next part of the story. A few weeks later, I moved into an apartment with three roommates. Not long after moving in, I was left alone one night. I was cleaning and doing chores in the apartment. I was putting away laundry in my room, and when I went back into the living room, I noticed the front door was standing wide open. I thought maybe one of my roommates had come home, so I went to the other bedroom expecting to see someone but no one was there I started towards the door to shut it and only got a few steps and heard an eerie voice clearly saying to my ear you didn't think I would find you I screamed so loud I'm shocked that no one living around us called 911 the front door slammed shut I ran to my bedroom and the bedroom door slammed shut behind me I had left my bible out on my bed It was open to the book of John, and I noticed a verse that said, The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. Reading that gave me enough strength that I remembered my favorite psalm from the Bible. Putting all the authority in my voice I could muster, I quoted it aloud, and the bedroom door flew open. I walked back into the living room, and I heard a heavy footfall towards the front door, and it flew open. I finished the verse... And when I got to the door, I said, You are not welcome here and never come back. And I slammed the door shut. I lived there for six more months and never had another issue while living there. It was frightening, but I learned something important that night. I didn't have to be afraid of demons, and I could drive them away. You're awesome, guys. Thanks for taking the time to read this. Will. Wow. Yeah, that's some intense (laughs) shit. Yeah, yeah, and, that's uh, either Sam Raimi or, or <laughs> yeah. Exorcist right there. Wow. Yeah. Either one. I don't want it in my house. No, thank you. Um, <laughs> what do you think? Of, well, first of all, what Ryan, you're 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 often mired in the world of UA apologies. Um, <laughs> what do you think when you hear a story like this, where there seems to be some heavy poltergeist activity? Uh, Will here is interpreting it as demonic, um, whether, you know, whether that may be the source of it or not. Um, but when you hear this stuff, what do you think? So as a, you know, I guess I would say a responsible investigator, uh, I have come across cases where UFO witnesses have come to me and said, I saw UFO and then I had weird ass stuff happen in my home, like poltergeist activity and you know Mm -hmm. a part of me wants to kind of brush that aside because i want to focus on the ufo but i can't just deny that this other high strangeness or demonic activity or poltergeist activity uh 
I can't deny it's not happening and that there might be some sort of connection because I don't know. But the fact right. of the matter is I'm following the facts where they're leading and they had this demonic or poltergeist-like activity, this mother and her two daughters, right after they saw a triangular UFO. So, I mean, I've wow. come across cases of this interconnectedness between whatever, UFOs and the supernatural or the demonic. Um, but I also have been given stories like this where people have come to me with stories of possessions or, or, or things like this, where doors are slamming shut, things are flying across the room. Uh, so I'm very open to it. You know, growing up Roman Catholic, I, I, I feared these demons my whole life. So I'm open to the possibility. I'm definitely open to it. And I just hope, that a Bible can be a good weapon against these things. I do. I do. Bible versus UFO. <laughs> the ultimate showdown. Start praying the UFO away. Hey, I, I have come across cases where people thought they were being abducted by aliens. They started praying and the experience stopped. So what is that? I yeah. don't know, but it's been yeah. told to me. And I think whatever name you put on it, it's, it is about like not uh, giving into the fear, you know, and we even got into that in the men in black special a bit about, you know, that maybe it feeds off fear. And so mm. that, uh, you know, wh- whatever it may be, even if it's something within the mind itself, it's like, uh, as you, as you turn away from fear and face it, you know, that, that, that's what changed that poltergeist activity for, for Will. And I think wh- whatever it is, that's a positive takeaway, you know? Yeah. yeah. I, I think, I think, um, not to detract from the power of Jesus, but I do think that there is something about, latch in these moments latching on to whatever is the strongest form of will or willpower in a way uh or a positive power maybe is a better way to put it like a light in your life if that's the bible for you like the psalm that that will hear uh liked so much um or connected with or it's in my case, when I was scared, I was having nightmares about the MIBs and I thought about Bugs Bunny hitting them over the head with hammers. Um, also, I mean, in that case, yep. you know, in that case, you could I almost feel like you could pray to Superman, you know, to come by if you can visualize Superman strongly, you know, anything that seems like a power for good. Luke Skywalker, right? Wonder Woman, whatever it is. Katniss Ever Everdeen, all right? That anything that you can muster within yourself that seems to be a symbolic representation of your higher self, that does seem to break the spell of whatever this is. And again, if you're religious, I'm not trying to compare Wonder Woman, you know what I'm saying, but it's about what you personally connect to because um I, you know, I, I think there's some, I really do think there's something there with that, mm-hmm. whatever this phenomenon is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd have to agree. I think the mind is much powerful than we, we can ever imagine. And, you know, there's people who have willed themselves out of, you know, illnesses or, or injuries, or I think you're right, Michael, like, you know, kind of trying to look for the light in the darkness uh, for any situation in life, not just supernatural, paranormal, ufological, uh, is going to help you in some way, yeah. some way, shape, give or you form. some, some kind of strength. Yeah. Um, well, thanks for sharing that. Will. I'm glad 
that you're no longer scared of demons and I'm glad they didn't get you. That's a very scary story. Um, speaking of UFOs getting involved either before or after eyewitness accounts, we have a follow-up from last week's episode where we listened to, uh, a UFO or excuse me, a Bigfoot call Uh in the woods, um, from listener Morgan Riley. Why don't you disclose this new development in this ongoing L file? All right. It's titled follow up. Hey guys. Well, that was me. Listening. I wrote that. <laughs> Sorry. Ah, well, that's unclear. It was. <laughs> yeah, that was unclear. So I assumed it was. Riley's the reading unclear. the stage directions in the play <laughs> I'm like, now. To hit Mark. Okay, got it. <laughs> yeah. No. Fair. Honestly, fair enough. <laughs> that was meant to. That was. A There's note usually for me. a title. There's usually. Yeah. There a usually title. is. I'm not sure if there was in this case. I apologize. All right. Fair enough. I think hey, it was guys. just off. The, I think it was just part of the email <laughs> chain that we had going. <laughs> Oh, right. That's true. This will be like re, like, I don't know. Yeah, it'd be re, re, uh, yeah, exactly. Okay, cool. Anyways, hey guys, just listen to the new episode. So excited to have our big, to hear, probably I meant it is, hear our Bigfoot story aired for the 200th episode. Just wanted to give you guys an update. I set the audio to three other, oh, I sent typos. I sent the audio to three other Bigfoot research organizations. First was the North American Wood Ape Conservatory. They listened to it and could not identify what type of animal it was and found it very, quote-unquote, interesting. Second was the BFRO and No Big Joke. Research Organization. Thank you. No Joke, Matt Moneymaker called me and said that he could not identify the animal but thinks it's a Squatch Hersher. Uh, LOL. Not a surprise answer from him. LOL. <laughs> I then sent it to Cliff Barrickman and he could also not identify it but said it could be a bear, maybe. Oh, one more thing. Uh, You guys will get a kick out of this. No joke. The next morning, my wife and I saw a round UFO, really buried the lead there, over the mountain across (laughs) from where we heard the howls. It looked like a shimmering soap bubble. LOL. Such a weird few days in Idlewild. Oh, and if you could, my wife, her name is Lauren. Shout out, Lauren. That's me talking. Would love to have a copy of the cleaned up audio of the howls that Riley made. Done deal. No problem. I'll email it to you. Uh, thanks again, Morgan and Lauren. So this happened in Idlewild, Ryan. Uh, strange calls. You can clearly hear something deep and bellowing uh, crying mm-hmm. out. And then next morning, here's some UFO activity. Have you heard of any soap bubble spheres and <laughs> ufos wow i i can honestly say on the spot here no i have never come across a ufo like that but um again hey there's room for everyone at the ufo table and they come in all shapes and sizes like snowflakes so um that is very Interesting. I actually find the connection between the Bigfoot and the UFO uh, even more interesting. Again, happening, yeah. happening sort of back to back from one another. That is what fascinates me here. Well, that that reminds me of the crazy bear story, the indigenous story of a moon, a moon that landed. Yes, which I'm assuming I is spherical, yep. and that three was it bears or sasquatch like entities came out of the out of the moon yes and so this is like well there is some lore 
that supports the connection between Bigfoot activity. Now, of course, we didn't, no one saw a Bigfoot in this situation, but a purported, purported Bigfoot activity and spherical UFOs. And the case in Greensburg, Pennsylvania, where half a sphere showed up, a dome showed up in a field, followed by uh, two like green-eyed or was it red-eyed Bigfoots walking along a fence ridge, and you know, twelve witnesses saw this. Yeah, and then the eyewitness, one of the eyewitnesses, went into where the dome was. And had a vision of an MIB telling him that the world was going to come to an end. (laughs) You know what I mean? So it's just there is some lore here that backs up the connection between sphere-shaped unidentified flying objects or, or just objects materializing and Bigfoots, Bigfoot activity. Yeah, I mean, I can even tell you guys... There are official Project Blue Book files that have Bigfoot slash UFO sightings. Like, this is official. These were the reports by the U.S. Air Force when they interviewed witnesses. They said they saw creatures first, UFO second. And that is very fascinating. Um, And, you know, all all I can say is there seems to be a connection. I've come across many cases of these things. And... um, Last thing, not to be too cryptic, I would say to definitely check out the season finale of Expedition Bigfoot. I won't say anymore. But um, you know more than we do. Is, uh, How do you know seems... more than we do, Ryan? I, I'm under NDA on that one, my friend. I can't say. Wow. But <laughs> what? Wait I'm a minute. Out more, more left out. I think we need to have a talk about. Who we do. Bryce is turning to during times of need on this episode. <laughs> on this, if I'm, if I think you're saying what I think you're saying, uh, wow, I'm excited. Okay, you know what? And Bryce isn't here to tell us we can't say any of this. Yeah, <laughs> no, nope, he doesn't get to defend himself on no, this one. And, and Riley and I, God's honest truth, this is news to us. I am shocked i'm so Uh-oh. excited i may to... have said too much already nope, bryce nope, is either nope, gonna nope. kill me nope or he's gonna nope. we're keeping thankful. it in we're keeping <laughs> it in i'm excited um well there you go also i do want to say morgan in your last letter you said that we the bcc were the only people you could trust with this audio and now you're telling me you said it to three other organizations <laughs> <sighs> Scandal! You busted. We 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 yep. got the scoop. We got the scoop. You I know? guess we got the scoop. We, we were trusted true. with they the scoop. scoop. Great. Yeah. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Um, okay, Ryan. Why don't you disclose this next L files, please? Sure. Uh, so this one starts. Hi, fake Bryce, Michael, and Riley. <laughs> yes, Bryce isn't here tonight. So hi, Ryan, Michael, and Riley. Let's do. Okay, that. fine. All right, let's do it. Hi, Ryan, Michael, and Riley. Big fan of the show, especially the L-Files episodes, and thought I'd share my own UFO sighting with you all. This happened about 12 years back during the summer following my senior year of high school. I'd become somewhat of a night owl that summer and had taken to working out in my backyard around midnight each night. One evening, while taking a bit of a breather, I happened to look up and saw something strange across my... uh, Crossover. Over across my yard. 
It was a solid black triangle, darker than the starry sky behind it, about the size of a small plate. It was low, maybe a hundred feet off the ground. What really made the encounter stick with me was how eerily quiet it was. You'd expect something like that size that low to make some kind of noise as it passed by, but it was completely silent as it flew overhead. Even the ambient noise in my neighborhood, which backed up to a popular bar with nightly noisy patrons, seemed to disappear for the roughly 20 seconds I could track the craft. Almost like it was, yeah, uh, almost like it was being blocked out, they said. To this day, I have no explanation for what it could have been other than that it was something out of this world. Love the show. Can't wait for future episodes. Brett. Wow, that's cool. I love the idea of the silence dampening affecting, like the craft not just being quiet, but also affecting the environment around it. You hear that sometimes, right? Is that a thing, Ryan? I feel like I've heard that in stories. So I I got chills. I did not read this before you sent it to me. Um, I got chills because everything Brett is describing is what I experienced during my Black Triangle UFO sighting as a kid. Um, wow. Everything from the silence to the size to it blocking out the stars. That's really – I never saw a machine. I saw the formation of lights that are prototypical of these triangular UFO craft, one white light on each point and then some mm-hmm. sort of red light in the middle um i saw the lights i did not see a solid craft but i couldn't see the stars behind it and just this idea of like the noise around you being sucked out of existence while this silent craft is hovering over you um i can literally say i was in brett's shoes Th- this is stunningly similar to what i experienced in many other witnesses have as well wow. so wow. wow this was synchronicity at its best getting this story and i to be honest ryan i mean i you shared that story with us on your first episode years ago and i'd forgotten that was your account you know what i mean yeah. so that's wild i also love that there's so much great detail in this letter the the solid black triangle darker than the starry sky size of a small plane you know, a good judgment of how far away it was. Um, that, yeah. What, what do you, what do you make now? Do you have any new thoughts on what these black triangles might be? It's interesting. You know, I thought maybe it would have come up during the congressional hearings Me too. Uh, because these are very common nowadays, these triangles. And, you know, we, we, we go all the way back to the early nineties when stealth craft were now being uh, publicly, known uh they'd been developed decades before that and probably test flying them to see if they could be seen by the public uh a lot of people think that's maybe what happened with the phoenix lights incident it was a test to see who and how many people would report seeing this thing over a major city uh so again you know many motives and theories onto onto that but with the triangles, again, I have literally seen one of these, and I'm no mm-hmm. cl- closer to knowing what it is, but no conventional aircraft, even a ste- stealth technology, can be com- completely silent. Uh, I recently talked to members of Skunk Works who worked out of Area 51 developing the B-52, this, the stealth fighters, and they said, no, like we, we can't do that. We're not, we're not even at this point up to that. So... 
who knows? Who knows? I, I just think it's fascinating that these things fly so low and they're massive and they're making no sound. It, it just does not make sense that a craft that big could be completely silent without any known conventional uh, propulsion system. Yeah. So uh, it, it, the, these triangles continue to mystify me. And maybe it's because I have a personal connection to it, but I don't know if we'll ever know what they are until it's too late. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love it. All right. Oh, well, can I thanks. mention too? Yeah. Please. Oh, well, yes. The fact that Brett is working out at midnight every night, like kudos to that, man. I, I can't <laughs> yeah. even like get up and stretch anymore. So that's the, you know, that's the Mothman leg workout right there. Uh, Mothman <laughs> has huge quads. And to get quads. Those, yeah, you got to do it in the Mothman's time, uh, the Mothman's hour, which is uh, after midnight. Um, all right, we have a couple more, uh, a letter, and then we actually have a, uh, a voice memo that we'll, we'll end with. But this next letter is another uh, example of some weird activity followed by a UFO. So this, uh, here we go. This comes from Raphael. Uh, hi, Michael, Bryce. Nope, we're going to say Ryan, Riley, and Guest. My name, well, there you go. So, hi, Michael, Riley, and Ryan. My name is Raphael. I am originally from Brazil, and I have been living in North Carolina for the last five years. I was raised Catholic, going to church every Sunday, but during my teenage years, I got in touch with a religion called Spiritism through my mother's family, which believes in reincarnation, mediums, karma, and spirits. Quick pause. Uh, has anyone heard of Spiritism before? No, I mean, Me spiritualism, I've heard, yeah. you know, that early movement. But yeah, this is interesting. Never heard of it. Okay. Yeah, great. I mean, Riley, this sounds like something you might be into. That's why I was asking. But um, here we go. No, you made me think of the same spiritualism, yeah, but I'm yeah. not familiar. Okay, back to the letter. It made me much, it made much more sense to me. And since I tried to learn, uh, and, and since then, I've tried to learn more about those concepts. In 2019, I decided I wanted to get try to get in touch with my spiritual mentors. I have a cousin that is basically a witch, and she gave me some tips on how to meditate and try to get in touch with them consciously. So, on a February night in 2019, I sat down to meditate to try first contact. After 20 or so minutes, I felt a very intense presence, and I heard a whisper in my left ear saying the name my name, Raphael. It was a feminine voice, and I jumped out of the bed, surprised as I had never had any paranormal experiences before that. The next night, I wanted to try again, so I sat down to meditate and turned on my Spotify playing some relaxing music. And after 20 or so minutes, again, I felt a very strong presence. But this time, as the hair on my back stood up, the music on my Spotify gave out a loud static as if something created some sort of interference I never had my Spotify do that ever so it got me thinking that is how my contact happened that day the next day some weird things started happening wait now there's now the weird stuff starts to happen, Raphael. <laughs> it started. It's it's begun. No, the next day the third the third weird thing started to happen. That's that's what it should be. Wow. So 
uh, Raphael says, my son was one year, one year old at the time, and he had always been the best sleeper ever. From that night on, he would have the hardest time falling asleep, crying for hours. I have two dogs. One is a yellow female Labrador that is the sweetest dog ever. Oh, I'm sorry, Raphael. That belongs to Zosie and Violet. That, uh, and that afternoon, my neighbor called me saying that she was barking outside of the back door for hours as if she couldn't get inside the dog door. I asked him if he could jump the fence and see what was happening. He did that, and as he approached her, she suddenly stopped barking and ran inside through the dog door. I put a Wi-Fi camera in my house to see if something was blocking her way when she was barking, and there was nothing. She would be barking for two to three hours nonstop, looking at the dog door from the outside, and I couldn't see anything blocking her on the inside of the house. This went on for weeks, son crying to sleep and the dog barking nonstop. So I got in touch with my witch cousin, and she told me she was going to take a look at it and perform a cleansing ritual remotely. She called me 30 minutes after that, saying that there were three spirits in my house and that she managed for them to be removed and that she had performed a thorough energy cleaning. From that day on, my son went back to being the best sleeper ever and my dog never barked again. To make it even weirder, two weeks later, it was 5 a.m. in the morning and I was having my coffee on my back porch looking at the stars. All of a sudden... I saw a very bright star, stationary, that caught my attention. I kept looking at it for five minutes or so, and then it started to move very slowly. I went, what the hell? Stars don't move. It made an S in the sky and then vanished. Might just have been my first UFO experience. Anyway, sorry for the long email, but I thought it was worth to tell both stories since I truly believe that all paranormal phenomena are connected. P.S. I was raised in a city called uh, Vargana, where the most famous, hope I pronounced that right, most famous UFO case in Brazil happened in 1996, considered to be the Brazilian Roswell, with crash bodies, etc. Deserves a high strangeness episode. Spiritism is a religion founded by a French guy called Alan Kardec in the 1800s and definitely deserves a high strangeness episode. He was a skeptic that started having experiences and created experiments to test what he was experiencing. And from all that he wrote uh, and from all of that, he wrote a book called The Book of Spirits, which is a list of questions made to the spirits through mediums and is the Bible of Spiritism. All right cool that's it from this is crazy um two questions for ryan uh stars star star looking ufos making s shapes in the sky does that ring a bell and have you heard about this brazilian roswell case yeah um yeah first question that is a very interesting ufo sighting i've as soon as he brought this up i'm like yes let's do this i'm all in again supernatural and ufos together um you know uh, the the sort of skeptic in me i guess would say maybe you were seeing some sort of string of uh satellites starlink satellites moving very slowly but again i wasn't there i can't say that's what this was the s-shaped uh pattern is a little strange so 
I don't know. I, I can't make sense of what that was or wasn't, but it is very interesting. Again, the fact that it happened after this other experience. Uh, very cool. Um, as for Varginha, the Brazilian case, Arginha, that is a case. You. Oh, yeah. Yeah, of course, man. Um, <laughs> Definitely. I, I, I Well, no, I don't even know if I'm saying it right. Um, but this is a very famous case in Brazil. They embrace it very much. There's a huge flying saucer in the middle of their like city hall, the um, governor, I believe it is, or mayor. Yes. Excuse me. Mayor in Varginha is like super into UFOs. And um, it's a very interesting case. Apparently a UFO crashed. There were bodies recovered. So it is their, their Roswell. In fact, uh, I actually spoke to the mother of a soldier during the Varginha case who apparently handled one of the bodies and, died mysteriously sometime after um, from some sort of radiation uh, poisoning or, or illness. And uh, she believes that it was because of him handling possibly a dead extraterrestrial that day. So really interesting case. I think it would be amazing for you guys to cover because I know the depths in which you'll go in your research. The MIB series in specific was incredible. (laughs) So I think oh, well, you could give this case the credit it deserves. So definitely. Ooh, I like this. I I had not uh, the name sort of rings a bell, but honestly, not. I, it sounds mostly new to me. Also, guys, if you uh, are listening and you want to, I know summer can be a little bored. You can get a little bored in the summertime, and you know if you're out in the woods with your buddies going on a little adventure and you see a dead alien. Don't poke it with a stick. Don't go near it. Just call the authorities. Because uh, apparently that dead extraterrestrial body can kill you. Crazy. Yep. That's a good public service announcement right there, man. Do yeah. not touch dead aliens. This is not stand by me. It's not E.T. Get a hazmat suit. Um, awesome. Well, thank you so much, Ryan. Oh, wait. We have. I forgot. We have. Oh, how dare I forget? We have actually uh, a a voice memo sent in. Um, Let me pull this up. I apologize that uh, my phone just collapsed on me. Um, Why don't you guys vamp? Um, Vamp. Do you you remember, Ryan? I guess, was your first UFO experience, I mean, the first time you heard about UFOs, was that when you actually saw one? Or do you remember a story like mine where you were... You know, something came up in the local paper. Mm-hmm. Uh, to my knowledge, again, you know, it was so long ago, so I can't 100% definitively say I hadn't read, you know, like an article maybe in the newspaper about a UFO sighting or or anything like that. But I can say that I was not into UFOs yeah. before I had my sighting. Um, and that changed dramatically after that look at where i am now but yeah <laughs> no I, I i i can probably honestly say i had no preconceived notions of what ufos were or weren't at the time i had my sighting at age 12 uh so yeah make of that what you will was right. the interest immediate right after the experience or, or did you sort of like want to sort of put it out of mind or how, how did it how did that play out afterwards i was terrified to be honest man i um I had nightmares uh, the the night 
after it happened, I had a horrible nightmare about it. And I had nightmares mm-hmm. for years after that. And I think it really was because I was kind of denying it. Um, my UFO sighting was not just me. My father was there with me. And wow. he was very scared and unsettled by it. So that did not help the yeah. situation. Definitely I was hoping not, he could yeah. like explain what I was seeing and he couldn't. And again, you look to your parents to kind of make sense of the world for you at <laughs> such a young age. Yeah. And he could not. So yeah, that you don't terrified me even more. <laughs> see a UFO and see your dad looking scared out of his mind. Uh, yeah. Not good. Yeah. Yeah. Not Come good. on, dude. Come on. Do better here for me. But no, I um <laughs> it probably took me a solid year or so uh i believe a year later is when i really kind of embraced it and finally Mm. accepted i saw something i can't explain there's more to the world than i thought there was even at age 13 and um that's when i interviewed my first ufo witness at age 13 and um was off to the races after that there you go well i'm interested in what you'll think of this story from megan who uh, sent us a voice memo called Alien Peeping Tom. Sit back and relax. This is a couple minutes long, uh, but let's hear Megan's account straight from her mouth. Hi, guys. Um, My name is Megan. I live in Utah, but I grew up in Iowa, so the story I'm going to tell happens in Iowa. Um, we grew up in a very haunted house. Um, I could tell a million stories about things that have happened there, um, growing up and things that still continue to happen when we come and like stay there for Christmas because my parents still live there. Um, everybody pretty much in the family unanimously has agreed that it's haunted, (laughs) but, um, there's one thing that happened that doesn't quite fit in with like the usual haunted house stuff that I wanted to ask you guys about because it does feel kind of alieny, um, but it could be you know a million things. So um, I probably was about eleven or twelve. My sister and I we were twins, so we were the same age. And we shared a room. Um, we were in our bedroom and we turned out the the main um, ceiling light. And we're going to go turn on a, uh, a bed lamp next to one of our beds. So we were going to maybe watch a movie in there. Um, so we went to turn on the light and it was on for a few seconds. And then um, it immediately like made a huge popping sound and it went out and then it was pitch dark in there. And two seconds later, or even just one second, like right away, <clears throat> this huge bright light suddenly um, came in through our bedroom window um, and it was like it was daylight like it was so bright it was not like a headlight or anything like that and also our bedroom window faces towards the backyard so it's unless someone was driving around in our backyard which they weren't um, I have no idea where this light could have come from we've lived there our entire lives that's never happened before or since Um, but this huge bright light appeared and it shone a light in our in our room for a good like two seconds long enough for me and my sister just to kind of freeze and look at each other like what is this uh, what the fuck is this um and then it went out <clears throat> and as soon as that light went out we were back in darkness and um we had an old computer monitor in there so this was you know in the early 2000s so it was one of those glass monitors <clears throat> and it started sizzling the, the young kids won't know this but um, when you're turning your computer monitor on or off, it'll make this like 
sizzling sound. So that just started sizzling. Our computer was off, um, and the monitor was off, but it just uh, sizzled like there was electricity in the room. And then um, my MP3 player, <laughs> this um, really dates me, but yeah, the MP3 player that was sitting on my dresser um, turned on by itself and started playing some kind of uh, random song, which, again, you couldn't hear because this was 2008 and we didn't have speakers on our phones yet or MP3 players yet. Um, but ever since then, that MP3 player um, had a mind of its own and never worked correctly after this. Um, it would just turn on by itself all the time, play random songs all the time, turn off all the time. Um, and me and my sister used to always joke that whenever it turned on by itself that the aliens were using it to listen to us. Which again, I don't think, I don't think it had a mic on it, so I, I doubt that's <laughs> true. But um, anyway, uh, that is my story. I would love to hear your guys's um, take on it and any theories that you might have. Um, I don't want to get regressed because I very much would like to not know if I was abducted. <laughs> I highly doubt it. Our part, our house is like tiny, so I feel like if me and my sister went missing for any period of time, you know, it was like eight o'clock on like a school night, you know. Um, <laughs> so I don't think that um, anything that fucked up happened to us. But I would love to know what you think that could have been if they were just like checking in or. I know that apparently ghosts can make lights sometimes, but I don't know if they make lights that are that bright, you know, daylight bright. But anyway, thanks so much, you guys, for such an awesome podcast. I've been listening for um, a couple of years. I saw you guys with um, Marcy and Betsy um, with Funny Feeling Pod at FanX, and that was really awesome. Um, would love to see you guys live again. If you ever come back to Utah, that would be awesome. Um, have a good rest of your day. Bye. Again, I didn't, I didn't full disclosure, had not listened to that whole thing, had no clue that it was a quote unquote haunted house with UFO activity. This is wild. Crazy synchronicity again. Wow. Wow. Um, echoing, uh, Ryan's synchronicity that that experience is, is very very similar to the thing that happened when I was a kid that thing and I, I talked about it really really early on the show but um I was in my bedroom and like a sort of it was like a late night early morning school night and like a sort of a ball of white light came in lit up the whole room like it was like daylight light and like all right I actually the weird thing was that I woke up and I sat up and I was awake and then it happened and then uh I remember looking over at my my digital alarm clock and it was all sort of scrambled the numbers. Mm. And that, that was like my one uh, weird kind of like paranormal experience when I was younger. And um, that sounds really, hers is a little cooler. She got a, she got a haunted MP3 player out of it. <laughs> I'm a little jealous. So, uh, but um, yeah, it's really that, that that's the first time I've sort of heard someone describe that, that same thing. Wow. <laughs> Ryan, what's your take on this? I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is the scene from, you know, X-Files, the first episode of X-Files where Mulder Mulder loses his sister after these bright lights fill up the room when he's a kid. You know, um, how often do you hear stories like this with these bright lights appearing from outside? Uh, Constantly. Um, You know, two specifically come to mind. One with a gentleman who 
woke up from a deep sleep because of a light shining in his window. And when he looked out, walking towards his house were three greys. And yep. And they started walking towards him. And you would think your first reaction would be to like get up and run away. But there was some sort of control over him by whatever these entities were, where he just calmly laid back down in bed and went back to sleep. And then who knows what happened after that. Uh, So that kind of is what this reminded me of. I'm not saying she was abducted. I don't want her to think I'm uh, I'm saying that happened. But uh, (laughs) the fact of the matter is, yes, many cases of alien abduction do begin with some sort of ball of light. A gentleman in Harlem, actually here in New York City, recounted his experience to me where he was in bed and a bright blue light appeared at the foot of his bed. And when he looked down there, that's when he saw the, again, the being, an alien gray staring back at him. Dude's like 200 pounds, just made of muscle, lived in Harlem his whole life. Tough guy. And his first reaction was to get under the covers and like in the fetal position, like a little kid and Mm. just (laughs) beg for this thing to go away that's what he told me so uh, i don't know but the mp3 thing really stood out to me i want to know what the song was i want to know what the song was that it played was it trying to communicate with her through justin bieber or something i don't know but well yeah we're we're pre-bieber in this in this story we are pre-bieber yep yep. all ufos (laughs) um accounts are filed as uh you know or categorized as pre-bieber and post-bieber that's right yeah that's the official (laughs) classification system established yep yep officially in project blue book's Mm -hmm. new version Mm -hmm. yep yeah that came out in the uf uh ufo or uap congressional uh debrief uh this past week (laughs) yeah Um, this was a really interesting story i'm glad you shared that with me yeah i mean i don't know i don't know what to make of it obviously there was some sort of the the popping of the light bulb before it happens that fell too that that's very poltergeisty, but it makes me think there was some, I mean, I don't know. Can electromagnetic pulses cause light bulbs to go out? I mean, I know that they can cause, you know, computers to mess up and stuff like that, but like, would it cause a light bulb to pop? I don't know, but clearly, I don't know. This feels as UFO related as it does. Um, haunted house related and it just makes me wonder without her have gone into too much detail about the haunted house i'd be interested to hear what the 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 ghost stories or the haunted stories were from this house because it makes me wonder you know all all high strangeness being real in this uh for the sake of argument if this house weren't sitting on some sort of um nexus of realities where maybe uh you know interdimensional things were coming in and out and this Mm -hmm. was some sort of like portal i hate to say it you know something opening the light coming through a ufo coming through but then again she says that like this never happened before that never happened since that you know of uh but i'd be interested in hearing what the, the 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 ghost stories were in this house yeah send follow ups please Yep, please. Feels very UFO to me, but again, connected to this weird activity. And, and you know, the the other thing that you mentioned, 
Ryan is the idea of like, I feel like more often than not, we hear the grays come in threes, you know, like you mentioned, or at least small groups. And that also reminds me of Bender's Men in Black, that they came in a trio, you know, and oftentimes you will get a singular visitor. You know, we definitely covered those stories, but it does seem to be that these MIBs come in one, twos or threes. And that that Mm -hmm. seems to mirror Alien Greys as well, you know? Yeah, three does come up a lot in the UFO field if you are, you know, a believer at all in the power of numerology and whatnot. And it also, like, look at 3 a.m. being like the witching hour. And And triangles. These high strangers. Yes, Mm -hmm. exactly, man. There's something. There's something to it. Oh, man, this is where I'm really fake, Bryce. Like, I want to go deep into, like, the (laughs) kind of John Keel... uh, aspect to all of this the yeah 333 is a thing and that's three threes triangles trios of men in black trios of alien grays there's something there's something something there there. mp3 oh my god you guys mp3 player okay (laughs) i love it now we now we just need to hear that the song was from blink 182 and that's three bandmates no so third eye blind oh, third eye blind oh, would be uh, appropriate for that era maybe i don't know it's crazy it. yeah 311 uh bryce's favorite band also of all acceptable time. yep <laughs> three doors down um, wow look at you on fire jeez yeah man <laughs> dick in the deep 2000s vibe we yeah, got going go. on here <laughs> Um, All right. Well, Ryan, now it's time to officially thank you for filling in for Bryce, for unpacking uh, this UFO news so astutely, for having such wonderful feedback uh, and insight into these L files. Thank you so, so much for joining us. And last minute, I might I might add, um, where can people find you? Where can people find your podcast? Where can people find your YouTube? All that stuff. Oh, thanks, man. Well, thank you for having me. And I know a lot of your listeners, like, they don't like understudies as much as the main cast, but I'm uh, I'm honored. I hope I contributed something uh, here tonight. And um, thank you. This was a huge honor. I always love talking to you guys. Um, yeah, I got, I got some cool stuff coming up. Uh, a new season of Mysteries Decoded is starting in July on the CW. Um, so I hope people will check that out. We're going to some interesting places and looking into everything ufos supernatural all that good stuff um so keep a look out at the cw uh i'm also on the current season of ancient aliens on the history channel um so if you're into that you can check me out blabbing about pyramids and and akashic records and uh pentagon ufo programs there um and i'm working on a new book that should be out at the end of the year so i'm really excited about that uh, I should have more info on that coming soon. Um, and some conferences coming up in Michigan and Missouri. Everything everything I'm up to, honestly, can just be found at my website, somewhereintheskies.com. Great, great. And true or false, you and I might be sometime in the near future talking more about Men in Black. This is very true. If you don't, if you're not subscribed to Somewhere in the Skies, do so. Because, uh, yeah, Michael's going to be making a special guest appearance. I was so inspired 
by your incredible three-part series that uh, I I said I have to have you on, man. I've never done a Men in Black episode. I cannot even imagine uh, out doing what you have done. So why not get the best person to do this with me? So, <laughs> well, you should get yeah. you should probably get Nick Redfern Amazing. because a lot of our research <laughs> came from Nick Redfern. But uh, he's been I, on my show enough, yeah, man. I need you. Yeah, back. exactly. Uh but no, I mean I think it will be I'm interested to hear your take on the phenomenon and just as someone who's sort of like, you know, consuming it you know just going through and consuming it i think it'll be a really fun conversation so uh subscribe to somewhere in the skies and that should pop up sometime soon uh riley what do you got i i just want to use my plug to plug ryan again honestly you are (laughs) such a resource to this subject and this community and you're such a friend to our show and i just want to say go listen to his podcast and watch him on tv and read his books go to his website this is the real deal and we are so thankful to have you on the show thanks man again it's all my pleasure thank you um and i guess after that if i may please guys go check out my other podcast (laughs) slate your name where i talk to actors uh ryan might be on that at some point this year as well um (laughs) just to continue the podcast swapping uh but please check that out um uh, i think you'll really enjoy it um and I just want to thank, oh, remind you guys, we'll be gone for a couple of weeks, then we'll be back, and you'll be very excited once we're back. Um, no hard date yet. I'm just going to say mid-June in case something shifts around a little bit. Be patient. If you miss us, we'll be putting stuff up um, over on the other side. But don't worry. We'll be back very soon to kick off mm-hmm. this year's summer event. Ryan Sprague, thank you so much. All right, Ryan, are you ready for this? Uh, until next week, everybody, good night. And go get regressed, please. <laughs> please. Get regressed. Please. We've had enough. Thanking you. You can hear what's going on. Bigfoot Collectors Club is produced by Riley Bray and Michael McMillan and scored and engineered by Riley Bray. Our theme song, Come Alone, is by Sun Eaters, courtesy of Lotus Pool Records. Do us a favor and support the show and unlock three bonus episodes every month by becoming a member of our Patreon, BCC The Other Side, which can be found at patreon.com slash Bigfoot Collectors Club. Oh boy, there's still a little bit more show left for you, dear Patreons, and anyone who's weird enough to listen to these shout-outs. So, <laughs> all the way through the outro music. All the way through the end. We've already said goodbye to Ryan, but Riley and I are here to thank some people who have supported Bigfoot Collectors Club over at patreon.com slash Bigfoot Collectors Club. Here we go. Uh, I want to thank Funny Feeling. Funny oh. Feeling Podcast is a Patreon. Thank you for that and everything else. Truly, thank you. Yes. Thank you, Marcy and Betsy. Uh, Virginia Maroney. Thank you. Brett Morin. Thank you. Jessica Wolf. Thank you. Bailey Kearns. Thanks. Sarah Wood. Thanks, Sarah. Bethany Beatty. Thank you. Tyrell Goodpaster. He's back. Thank you, Tyrell. Welcome back Uh, and thank you. Yes. Meet. M-E-E-T, not just meat. Uh, wait, meat. there's also fun. Yeah, okay, jo- this is fun. There's meat. Let's think meat. Uh-huh. All right, thank you, meat. Well, here's the thing. It just says meat. 
Oh, this is, I think because every what time someone joins, it says meet so-and-so. This oh. is a blank. This is an anonymous, <laughs> this is meet blanks. But let's okay, so, just think. So it's the yeah. MIB is who it is yeah. now. Subscribe uh, to the Patreon. Yeah, the MI- exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thanks, Blank. Okay. Yeah, thanks, Blank. Uh, Kath. Thanks, Kath. Jack Swat. Thank you. Jennifer Braginski. Thank you. K. Thomas Berthewson. Thank you. Julia Frisbee. Thanks, Julia Frisbee. Morgan Copeland. Thank you. Andrew Nigro. Thank you. Gabriela Nunez. Oh, thank you. Sarah Beth Stenquist. Thank you, Sarah. Will Clements. Thank you, Will. Deanna Bryant. Thank you. Darlene Sprague. I wonder if that's if there's any relation. Perhaps, and thank you. Let us know, Darlene. Michael. Thanks, Michael. Dobby Juan Glass. Thank you, Dobby. Amy Lamoro. Thank you. Holden Brewer. Thank you. Aaron Bird. Thank you. Michaela Mendez. Thank you. Kirsten. Thanks. Kayla. Thanks. Nick. Thanks. Little Wolf. Oh, thanks. And Matt Butler. Thanks, Matt. Thank you, guys. You are the shout-outs for this section. We have many more to go to catch up with everyone who's come and gone in 2022. We appreciate you guys. Uh, If you want to get a shout-out and if you want to get a minimum of three bonus episodes every month, go to patreon.com slash Bigfoot Collectors Club. All right. For real, this is like the post credit scene uh, where Ferris Bueller comes out and says, what are you still doing here? It's time to go home. Go away. Go away. We love yeah. you guys. We'll yeah. see you next week. We're done. Listen, listen to Thank another you. podcast. Or go outside. You know? <laughs> or maybe you are outside listening to podcasts, in which case, great job. Continue yeah, that. Good job. All right. Good night. Thank you. Hey, this is Eric Malinsky, host of the podcast Imaginary Worlds. Each episode, I explore different sci-fi fantasy genres, talking with filmmakers, novelists, game designers, cosplayers, comic book artists, and anyone who works in the field of make-believe. I also look at the fan experience, asking, why do we suspend our disbelief? You can subscribe to Imaginary Worlds wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, Heather Ashley here, host of the Big Mad True Crime Podcast. If you're looking for a true crime podcast with all of the details and none of the small talk, you have found your people. Each week, we dive deep into a new case and learn everything there is to know, from getting to know the victim and the impact their cases had on those around them, to the investigation into what happened to them and who is or might be responsible. And if the bad guy looks like he might drink whiskey by a dumpster or has the social skills of an ogre, we say it because we were all thinking it anyway. As the name suggests, we get big mad over true crime, and I would love to have you join our incredible community of listeners with big hearts and zero time for small talk. Subscribe to Big Mad True Crime anywhere you listen to podcasts and listen to new episodes every single Monday.